Hello and welcome to the Scottish Fantasy Football Community Podcast. My name is Thomas. And I'm Harry. And this is our 23rd instalment of our Game Weekly series where we talk about all things Scottish fantasy football. So Harry, how did your very bare bones game week go? Yeah, um, the uh, Aberdeen and Aber- the Aberdeen St. Johnson and St. Mirren Dundee fixture pof- postponements were a massive kick in the teeth. I managed to miss the postponement news for the uh, Aberdeen game, meaning that my vice captaincy was left on uh, Calvin Ramsey. And um, I am an owner of Paul uh, McMullen, who obviously didn't play as a result of his fixture postponement. But add to to add insult to injury, to Pour salt in the wounds. Um, I had seven players who started this week with Juranovic and Yota coming off the bench. So I was thinking immediately, this is going to be my poorest game week of the season. However, lo and behold, Tavernier scored me nine points, sort of saved me a little bit. Yota coming on and registering an assist and receiving two bonus points in the process meant that I hit on captaincy. Um, Boyce, who I brought in for Mullen, he registered an assist and he must have took on a couple of bonus points as well. Yes, two. Um, followed by um, Sir Prince Charles Cook registering his 10th goal of the season in the league um, to go along with his four assists. Uh, meant that I actually finished on 42 points and whilst I fell a good 40 odd places down to 113th um, considering the outlook I had on the game week after the you know fi- uh, fixture postponements and uh, team news I'm, I'll take 42 points it's still enough so I finished on 42 points Thomas yourself so I was in a very similar boat to you I mean I didn't vice captain Ramsey but I had an Aberdeen triple up with Hedges, Ferguson and Ramsey all in my team, meaning I could only have, I think it was six players starting, with one of those being, players being Nisbet, so that's five players starting. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, I, again, like you, very solid hit on my captaincy with Captain Tav. Um, Charles Cook scored and Jota got an assist for me and then Maynard Brewer, who potentially had one of the goalkeeping performances of the season, despite conceding three goals, um, got me three points. So, yeah, all right, 39 points in total, and that made me a nice fancy red arrow down to 817th. Bit of a free fall at the moment, but I think I'm about to sort of Turn that around almost. I was going to ask. I was going to spring this on you, Thomas. You know, you are tumbling in the rankings. Would be doing well to stay within the top 1,000 this season. How are you turning it around? Um, I've got a few transfers. Like, uh, uh, my, problem was, <laughs> my problem was actually just my wild card, and I've almost recovered from that. If this was... Provide some context. What was the problem with your wild card in Cliff Notes? Too many punts, and like I sort of had only one route out of my wild card. It wasn't like if one player got injured, I could had like another thing that could go on. I had like if someone got injured, my entire team's plans were scuppered. So what you were saying essentially is, is like you you took a whole lot of a, a number of gambles at least on the wild card, and your ex- exit strategy was fairly rigid and relied on everyone being fit and performing well and playing a good number of minutes. Correct. Okay. Um, saying that, I also got screwed over by the Aberdeen postponement, considering I had three players pr- playing in that game. So that'd be nearly a full compliment. Yeah, it's really unfortunate that because that home fixture against St. Johnson is very, very favourable. I mean, yep. that's I mean, I put vice captaincy on Ramsey because I was, I thought they were a shoe in for a, a clean sheet as well as a one or two attacking returns at the very least. I would agree with you there, um, but my team I feel is very close to being fixed. Um, there is some transfer news that we could get onto in a bit that I think will actually just affect what I do going forward. Um, But you're not too worried, I guess. Oh, no, no, because I'll get the free transfer from said player. You probably know. I mean, I'm I'm speaking more generally. You're not too worried about the condition of your team or your your overall rank. 
Hopefully Maynard Brewer puts in some more of those performances <laughs> and actually keeps a clean sheet one time, but not too worried. Fair enough. Right, how about we press on to those fixtures then, and seeing as you've brought them up, I think we would be remiss in not covering the most exciting game of this of this game, and potentially the season. Yeah, I'd argue it's probably up there four games of the season. Yeah, uh, yeah it saw Ross County um, take a point from Rangers. Um, as they drew 3-3 with a last gasp equaliser from Academy graduate Wright. Yeah, I mean, you can say Ross County stole it, but Rangers pretty much gifted, gifted it, it to them. them. Yes, no, I would say so. Um, looking at the expected data and, uh, you know, shots uh, versus shots in the box, etc., it would be, uh, uh, I think it would be unfair to say that Rangers didn't deserve all three points. However, um, if you look at the big chances for each and I think Alan McGregor gifted uh, Ross County at least two of those yes I would somewhat agree there was the spillage of a, what should have been a straightforward catch and then I don't know I, I I re-watched the last goal and I'm unsure there was some like side spin on the ball which might have sort of taken it away from him whilst he was trying to save it but yet again like his the way he goes to collect it looks like he's trying to sort of parry away a shot that's getting blasted at him, not something that's sort of scuffed along the floor. Yeah, no. I thought uh, Ross County, going forward, as as per usual at Great Day, recorded an expected goals of 1.85 from only sh- six shots, um, which speaks to, I guess, the quality of the chance creation in this game, um, with four big chances as well. Um, for Ross County, who impressed for you? I mean, there's the obvious Regan Charles Cook always looking I would argue he almost always looks relatively dangerous I think he's up to third overall point scorer in fantasy football Scotland there yep and then I just not from a fantasy perspective I felt that the Ross County defence were very much willing to put their bodies on the line very admirable sure way of defending Um, there was numerous block shots from what I can remember and then there's Maynard Brewer I think broke his nose and then carried on playing which fair enough yeah that's a that's a real man Thomas that's, that's a, a real, real man. man I bet you wear I bet you he wears short sleeve t-shirts to training that's it in the winter uh, White registered a goal and an assist uh, notching 11 points in the process um, but I'm should point out probably that was from one shot, one on target, and one key pass. So it seemed that anything he did turned to gold this game week. I don't necessarily think those are sustainable numbers. No. And he didn't appear in the top three XG and recorded 0.4 XA. Um, nonetheless, very impressive performance from him, I thought. I thought uh, our field was unlucky not to return at any point. Um, six shots, four on target, um, and two key passes. And he had a couple of great opportunities, I thought, opportunities, I thought um, yep. uh, to notch a goal. Um, but I think standout performer from... Uh, not Maybe not necessarily standout, but the one that grabbed all the headlines um, for the right and the wrong reasons uh, was Amadiallo. Um, registering a goal on his debut, followed fairly swiftly by a, 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 a compilation of his highlights from a 3-3 draw away in Dingwall, <laughs> which is very, very funny. <laughs> Do rate it. Nothing beats the cinch. Just the, uh, the definition of not reading the room. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Nonetheless, I thought he was excellent. What did you think? Yeah, like he... I mean, if you watch, if you watch his highlights, you could see him regularly taking on players and regularly shooting. I think he was potentially unlucky to not get the shot assist, like the the assist for I think was it Goldson ta- Goldson's goal. I think like you know, the, one of them he like shoots and then it like rebounds off the goalkeeper. And then hits a defender or whatever type yep. thing. Yeah. No, I thought he looked very good. And I actually stylistically would compare him to a Yota, a selfish player who's going to drive into the box, cut inside and loose off shots. He registered four shots and two on target. And I think uh, he's just the sort of right winger that uh, Rangers need in and, their current system. Yeah, and I, I think I said this last week. I feel like with Haggy being out and he's 
usually, sometimes he plays centrally. He's usually out on the right wing. Yeah. Diallo at 4.5 million is a starting player for Rangers. Is that how little he is? I, I haven't I checked his it, price. I think it was 4.5. It might be 5.5. But even then, if it's still that low, it's... Well, I was thinking of, you know, I, like if he's going to fulfill the same role as Scott Wright in that position, then I think he's a shoo-in because Scott Wright, he might not have great output when it comes to goals and assists, but he had very, very good underlying statistics when it came to shots on targets, shots on the box and key passes. My bad, he's 5.2. But again, for a starting right winger... He's mid-priced, I would say. But he is 1.7 million cheaper than Aribo. And he's a player that's going to drift centrally and, as you said, is very selfish, so is likely to score. The difference between him and Aribo, though, is uh, I think Aribo has far less competition for his position than uh, Diallo. I would argue the opposite. You've said the only player that's Diallo's competition is right. And he's been playing fairly well this season, I thought. Mm. He played two or three games due to Haggy being out. He's had a number of games this season. He's had fairly good minutes. I was under the impression he's had fairly good minutes this season. Um, well, he's had a surprisingly large Yeah, hour. yeah. It's kind of flown under the radar. I mean, that's probably because he's not scoring enough and not assisting enough. But he was getting a good number of minutes because Rangers have very limited options in that position. I mean, Haggy's a number 10 playing at right wing when I, he was in the side. I still feel that we saw that he had just came in what, two days before the game and he was put in ahead of right. Yeah, he lit it up as well. So I think, yeah, I, I guess you make a good point. Um, and seeing as you brought him up, I think that's someone else that's, uh, has had had a performance worth noting. Um, first game back from AFCON, um, registering assist was uh, Joe Aribo. Yes, looked very, very good again. Yep. And he seems to be the only thing that makes Rangers tick. Yeah. Um, there was like a period where Rangers didn't score, but it felt like the bo- ball was in the box for like three or four minutes and there was like 10 shots within that space. Yeah, he's a very, very good player. He, I think I would agree with you. He makes everything happen for Rangers going forward. I like his playing position just off the striker in that number 10 role. Um, but who do you prefer? So Morelos is due to come back, not in time for the old farm, but for the following game week. Would you rather have Aribo or uh, Alfredo Morelos? I think it's still... It's tough. I'm tempted to potentially in the future transfer out Bassi. So then I could have Aribo and Morelos and then figure out my way to another defender. Not sure who, though. Yeah, that's is probably a shout. I like the idea of... Uh, I mean, first and foremost, not, Tav is going nowhere. Three oh, shots, no. two on target, two key passes. Rangers play terribly, concede three, and he still gets 18 points as a captain. Yep. He, he's going absolutely nowhere. Um, yeah, I like the idea of owning a Rangers midfielder as well as Alfredo Morelos. Um, and then, as I said, if you can't uh, afford Aribo, Diallo would definitely be a very, very solid shout. Agreed. Anything else you would like to pick out in this fixture? From a fantasy football perspective, not really. Yeah, I'm probably quite happy. I think the only thing that's worth mentioning is, yes, we've been a bit heavy with the Regan Charles Cook propaganda on Twitter uh, and on this podcast. We are huge supporters of him. However, when you look at, at XG underscore data's uh, XG timelines, beside each graph, he puts top three XG and XA, and it's very rare that you see... Regan Charles Cook in the, either of those top three so I have a very strong feeling that his recent run of form is definitely an overperformance yep. however that's not to take away from the fact that he still is a very attacking winner who gets into good positions and takes shots on goal so let's say this run of form is not sustainable and I'm probably of that opinion he's still a very good option I think oh yeah absolutely yeah. and at, at his price uh, like it's a no-brainer. Yeah, the value is undeniable. Let's move on then uh, to another... Ah, that's probably the second most exciting game of the game week. Um, for different reasons, nowhere near as many goals. Um, one sixth to be exact. Exact, exact. Which saw uh, a game which saw Celtic uh, beat Dundee United 1-0 with a last gasp. A bad winner. Putting uh, Celtic within two points of league leaders Rangers. Thomas... Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's 
the result we probably all expected to happen, but come the 80th minute after Nier Beaton got sent off, I felt that it was listening listening to on the open all mics, yeah. It was slowly becoming less and less likely and then the person who flies under everyone's radar all the time pops up with a very, very well taken goal. He controls the ball brilliantly and finishes the top corner and then gets yellow carded for taking his top off in Lealabada. Yeah, he had an excellent performance. Did he start the game? He did. Yeah, yes. He recorded a 0.14 goal involvement, 0.9 xg and 0.5 xa. And uh, I'll be very honest, I have owned him this season, but only for a couple of ga- for a number of game weeks, and then I, I got rid of him after he was dropped. I very, very, very overlooked fantasy football asset to my mind. Now, that not, might not be necessarily reflective of the fantasy football Scotland community, but when it comes to Celtic midfielders, in my eyes, Yota, Kyogo, and Turnbull all are, are above him. But when you sort by points, the Alabada is second only to uh, Turnbull from the Celtic side uh, and fourth overall. Is he someone who's in your transfer plans? Uh, yeah, I think so. With regards to future transfers, I think he is going to be either in this week or next week, depending on how confident I feel of there being goals in this old firm or not. Yeah. No, I think what's actually interesting about the Celtic side at the moment is uh, in the absence of your you know, expensive midfielders, your big hitters uh, in Turnbull and uh, Kyogo, um, the mid-priced on almost even budget midfielders are really coming to fruition. So uh, O'Reilly himself has scored five bonus points in the last two weeks. I think he's on 15 points in his in his first two games with Celtic, which is a very impressive points-per-game ratio. And um, Hatate as well, he scored the goal last week and picked up all three bonus and I thought played fairly well again this week. Um, so it makes you think, you know, we don't have any injury news with regards to Turnbull and uh Kyogo and Postacoglu is playing his cards very close to his chest in that front you wonder if maybe looking to an O'Reilly or Abada or a a Hatate might be the move going forward yeah Um, we've been speaking about Abada but then Matt O'Reilly had a shot in the box which I think he probably should have scored I think he was open pretty much on the penalty spot but scuffs it kind of wide and then I think did he not have an assist for one of Jack Marcus's numerous big chances yeah I think so uh, I think he's also averaging like six I mean it's only two games so you can't necessarily uh, draw too much from the statistics as the sample size is fairly pathetic I think he's six key passes per game on average eight last week and four this week it's very 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 impressive um, and I think that considering he was now adding you know we see him you know getting into the box and taking shots a real option as well. Yeah, my only problem with him is once the injuries all come back, does he and Tom Rogic comes back, does he continue playing? Yeah, it's a question of is it him or is it Hatate who continues in the side? Well, is it him? Well, because you've got Rogic, McGregor and Turnbull all currently not in the squad. So does he still get in ahead of all three of them plus someone like Hatate? I mean, it's hard to say, really, because Ange Postacoglu has not been very willing to rely on his uh, backup players on his squad, and I think was stung as well this game week. Um, something we didn't mention, um, or didn't really go into yet, um, was the selection choice. Liam Scales starting at left-back and Ralston back in at right-back after I said that he was dead as a fantasy football Scotland option uh, last game week. Um I wonder how willing he is going to be to rely on his squad going forward. I think he'll go with his tried and trusted. I, I think this week was very much him looking towards the old firm. I oh, th- definitely. I think Ralston and Scales playing was him resting Juranovic and Taylor for the old firm because I think both Juranovic and Taylor came on and Celtic started playing significantly better even after they went down to 10 men. Juranovic registered two shots, none on target, and two key passes um, in one half. Yota as well, who was rested. I was gutted by that, by the way. I, I earmarked this as a game that I thought he'd do very well in. And he could have, to be fair. Um, but maybe I should have thought, given more consideration to the fact that you know he's just coming back from fitness and would have been playing three full 90s in the space of eight days. 
Um, but he came on in the second for 45 minutes of football, registered three key passes, uh, one assist from an expected assist of 1.1. Yeah, who'd have thought Ange Postacoglu's learned to rotate his squad? Do you think he has, though? I wonder if this is, like, this is, to him, this will be, like, a proves-himself-right type situation. He's rested a few key players, and they've scraped by Dundee United. But could you not also say that as a result of them still winning against Dundee United, they could still do it with the re- the reserves? Anyway, what I would like to... Moving on from that conversation, something I'd like to point out is Celtic subbed off Jacques for McCarthy. And that meant that Abada started playing centrally. And again, as a result, start, Celtic started playing significantly better. And it resulted in Abada getting his goal. I don't think... I mean, uh, Days in Mieda is due back, not in time for the old firm, but the gimmick following. I don't think that is something that... I'm, I'm just sort of highlighting it as a potential rotatability thing where if a striker gets injured and yes, you know. I see your point. So you're saying that uh, in a similar vein to Juranovic, uh, we've been able to play on right and left back um, mm-hmm. He uh, Abada can play through the middle and on the wing in the event yep. of a substitution so maybe um, he is more rotation proof yeah and then what it meant was Jot went out to the right yeah again though I think Jack Marcus has done enough in the time that Kyogo has been injured and Maeda has been away to prove himself as at least a good enough second fiddle and then when Days and Maeda comes back he goes straight in up front fair enough just something to consider um Anything you wanted to know on the Dundee United side? I mean, Benjamin Segrist had a bit of a blinder. A very good game. He was on for double digit, a double-digit hole before that last gas winner. Um, however, I, I think maybe the net gain from him having scored 11 points might have been greater than that for uh, than Yota getting the, the assist and bonus points, but I'm not quite sure on that one. Um, but yeah, as a result, he survives a little longer in my side until the Hearts fixture swing. Um, I guess on the other side, Freeman didn't start, as yeah. far as I remember. Would you start considering him as a fire? He's gone this week. If my plan is to remove him this week. Uh, him and or Spittle are, are, are done for. Fair enough. Let's roll on. Is there anything else we've yet to cover from a Celtic perspective? I guess we've got, we've got to talk about the old farm, which is coming around the corner, uh, but we'll deal with that in a second. Um, O'Reilly, Jack Marcus, Abada, Yota, you're at, Yeah, no, I think we're good on that front. And you can rate to... The only th- yeah, I think the only things worth talking about um, from a Dundee United perspective are whether, was, I guess, the non-selection of um, Freeman. Um, you can't judge a team too harshly playing away at one of the old firm stadiums. Um, so yeah. I'm quite happy to move on, Thomas. What's the next one? Shall we go to the second highest scoring game of the week where we travel to Easter Road? Yeah, where Livingston continue their very impressive run of form. I think they've picked up 10 points from their last 18. Um, they find themselves in... Uh, oh, lost the table here it is find themselves all the way up to eighth and they're only two points off of uh Aberdeen and sixth and you know let it be known their Aberdeen do have a game in hand but even then only four points behind Hibs in fifth um so Livingston quite quietly are having a very good season yeah and I think again something similar to St. Mary if they win their game in hand they jump ahead of Livingston yeah, yeah, no. Uh, two teams, I think, that are quietly going about picking up results, draws here and there, and uh, and a couple of wins to go along with that. Um, focusing this back on fantasy football, I guess, what did you like from... I mean, first of all, let's look at the teams, more generally speaking. Hibs, um, not great, to no. say the least. Um, and again... Uh, Kevin Nisbet didn't do great. He had one decent chance and hit it somewhat down the goalkeeper's throat. Yep. Um, Doidge hit the post once and then 
outside of the two goals, there wasn't <laughs> too much going on. I think we could probably be quoted as saying as well on the podcast around the time that Jack Ross was Jack Ross was relieved that we thought this was a bad move and that um, Hibs sure they weren't picking up the results they were in a very poor run of form, um, but the, the the results weren't necessarily re- uh, uh, reflecting um, the performances. Looking at the expected data since then, Jack Ross's team recorded. 1.1 xg and 1.05 xga um to Sean Maloney's 0.98 xg and 1.18 xga so a slide in the underlyings to say the very least they have played some good teams in that time in Celtic and Aberdeen but really not reflecting well on Hibs and the only reason that Nisbet has survived in my team as long as he has is uh his reason the reasons are twofold um I said the only reason there are two, not great ones, probably total one reason. Uh, he's playing and I have players who are not playing and need replaced. And at six point something million, he is a good enough placeholder for that jump up to Morales. But uh, I think he has one more game week in my team, maybe even less. Well, until Morales gets back. Yep, I think so. Um, I done. I'm finished with him as a fantasy football as- asset. I think yep. Hibs fixtures towards the end of the season are pretty up and down. Let's have a look here. Yeah, Hearts, Saint Mary, Rangers, Ross County, Celtic, Dundee, Saint Johnston, Aberdeen, Dundee United, and then Hearts again. So very up and down. And uh, what is he on three or four league goals this season? Yeah, not really very great. Run. No. So, yeah. On the flip side of that, what about Livingston, Thomas? A player that I think we've been speaking about quite a bit recently was Ayo Abolai, and he managed to get on the score sheet again. I think, was it the Hoofball Pod? Not the Hoofball, was it the Half Hour Fantasy Podcast that highlighted him as a pick right at the start of the season? Yes, uh, at uh, Gunner underscore FPL, I'm going to make sure I've got that correct. He had him outlined as a budget player for the season. Um, but also the Fitbar pod have been big on uh, AO Obelai for a while. So yes, at Gunnar underscore FPL, uh, outlined him at the very start of the season before the first, the very first kickoff, outlined him as a budget pick. Um, and the fantasy football pod have been on him as well. Um, yeah, I think spoiler, he's probably my transfer in. He will come in to replace Freeman, as Livingston have quite the run of fixtures coming up. Um, St. Johnson at home this season. That's uh, the season, this game week. Aberdeen at home. Um, you know, Aberdeen have, are not the team away from home that they are at home. Followed by Ross County, St. Mirren, Dundee and Dundee United. All games I like for St. Mirren from a defensive standpoint. And then they host Celtic, a team that they seem to have sort of figured out, quote-unquote, so a team that they can frustrate. Yeah, uh, I think he'll be my next transfer, and to be honest. I think someone else, two other players' performances um, worth picking out. Forrest and, is it Nubel? Nuble? Nuble. Nuble uh, registered 10 points um, for uh, his two assists. Um, his underlines were fairly reasonable as well. One shot um, off target, but uh, three key passes nonetheless. Is he someone you'd consider as in the forward position or just not seen enough of him yet? I've not really seen enough of him and I feel that... I believe Livingston overperformed their XG as well as the fact that um, I think he came off injured and he's also got Anderson for competition and Shinny. So there is a chance that he isn't playing 90 minutes every week. Yeah, that's very true. I think he's just been recalled from his loan at, I want to say, Arbroath. That's my best guess at the very least. I think it's the end, but... Nonetheless, he looked very good. Another player I want to pick out was Forrest, a midfielder that took eight shots and four put four on target. Is someone who's definitely on the radar now. Uh, made two key passes, scored one goal, and registered. I think it was a game week. You know, high yeah, game week high equaling eleven points. Um, yeah, did very very well this week. Just the issue with him is um, a possibility of rotation. Um, he seems to come in and out of the squad quite regularly. So Yeah, and I can't really think of too many goal involvements that he's had this season. No, but Hoofball Pod are huge fans of him, so no doubt they'll all be bringing him in this game week. Yep. 
Unless they don't back their own picks. <laughs> um, someone else I think has been doing well quite quietly is Jack Fitzwater. I think he's been getting a few goal involved. I mean, he's obviously part of the relatively solid Livy defence, but I think he's started getting amongst the goals as well. But if you're going to have a Livingston defender in, it's Obolai, because I think he's something like <coughs> Livy's second best goal scorer this season. Yeah, and he's also on penalties. Yeah, so uh, it's like just a no break. Like he's tall and he's on penalties, so he's target the yeah. Last game, Thomas. Yes, Hearts uh, used the proverbial barge pole and pushed themselves away from Motherwell as uh, Sim scores in his first full debut uh, alongside Halliday um, as Hearts run out 2-0 winners. What did you think of the game, Thomas? Um, yeah, I mean, big a big six-pointer, I believe, is what they call this type of game. Uh, had it gone the other way, I think there would be only three points between them. Six. Six. Nah. Yeah. No. Four. That, that, no, that doesn't make any mathematic sense. So I think you're falling asleep. Ten too. minus six. Oh, no, that's me. That's me falling asleep. <laughs> yeah. Would there have only been four points difference? Yep. Ball dropped by Motherwell big time in that case. Yeah, um, but um, I feel, apart from a couple of chances... Hearts were very much worth their money for this victory. Um, Ellis Sims had his first start for the club and I thought that he looked very good going forward. Very quick. I think he is the player that's going to be going in behind and I think had he not overran a through ball that was played to him, I think Kelly got caught in no man's land. Um, he could easily have had two goals. Yeah, I think so too. I thought Sims looked very impressive. And finally, Boyle has, um, what's, the, what's the footballing term? A foil, someone he can play off with or play into. And because it was him that provided the assist for the Sims goal. Um, and as someone who transferred in Boyle this, uh, this game, it was very happy to see that. Um, I'm not ready to consider Sims as an option because I think he will come in and out of the side depending on what sort of front free uh, Robbie Nielsen is looking for is he going to go with two up top and a number 10 or is he going to have um, you know, Boyce in that central role with two number 10s either side um, but performance noted for sure I thought Thomas you as a K- KVV owner were unfortunate to come away from this with no returns I thought still he looked pretty good five shots um, one on target and one that sneaked just past the post yep um with regards to what you were saying about the Hearts lineup, again, similar to Celtics, I feel there was some rotation. I mean, you have the obvious Barry Mackay not starting with Gary Mackay Stevens starting. I was very surprised to see Barry Mackay not come in, or, or not come in, sorry, uh, to be left out in that in that in this in this fixture. But I wonder if that's just due to um, Nielsen wanting to play him the full ninety come the Derby midweek. Yes. That is something we have to consider at the moment is uh, the rotation of players, the fixture as a result of the fixture postponement due to the winter break um, fairly congested. Uh, we've got uh, a game week every three or four days until is it the end of February? Let's have a look. So we've had game week 21 no, game week 22 was on the 25th 23 was on the 29th Game week twenty four is on the first of this is on the first of this month. Um, there's one uh, on the weekend, and then the midweek following that, and then there's a small break for the Scottish Cup. So you've got a lot of podcast listening to do. Yes, very much so. Before we move on, um, and I guess have some more general discussion, I thought Halliday had a reasonable performance, um, registered a goal and 10 points, um, but took four shots and three on target. Not to say that he's necessarily an option. He is definitely not getting the minutes he would require, require to become uh, someone I would consider, um, but getting into very attacking positions, getting on the end of crosses and ultimately taking shots on goal is something you like to see from a midfielder. Yeah, I mean, fair enough, but I will counter that with a Nathaniel Atkinson. Um, I think... I don't think he got a single return, and I think you could argue he could consider himself unlucky. Um, 
He had three key passes, completed three of his six crosses, and had, I think, one of the ones that missed was definitely very inviting. So, dependent on Smith's injury, he could be someone that <clears throat> could be a cheap option for the Hearts defence coming up to this tasty run of fixtures that they've got coming up. I would probably agree. Right then, time for some general discussion. I feel like there are only sort of two uh, topics. Ah, not yeah, two topics worth going over. Um, first and foremost, um, sort of off the back of a question from at Josh underscore Footblog, he asks, uh, "When do you reckon there will likely be a double game week for the teams that had games postponed? Um, those being Saint Moon, Dundee." Aberdeen and St. Johnson, as it looks like a tight schedule coming up, as we just uh, alluded to there. I had a quick look at uh, at Sati Show's uh, fixture ticker, um, and uh, my best guess is, and I am no scheduling expert um, by any means, the only space in the near future looks to be uh, in game week 20... Game week 26, where there is a Scottish Cup tie on the 12th of February, and then um, European football on the 17th. The teams, the aforementioned teams don't play any European football, so I would not be surprised to see games scheduled for around those dates, so the 16th or the 17th, midweek then, or uh, the same case again in game week 27, um, uh, potentially the, the... Twenty, yeah, the twenty fourth. I would, uh, yes, midweek that week. So yeah, the twenty second, third, or fourth of game week twenty seven. I think so that that's when those will come. Anything to the contrary, Thomas? Do you think we pushed back a bit later? I mean, I think it'll probably fall somewhere between yeah game week twenty six and twenty eight when Celtic and Rangers have both of. Oh no, it can't be game week twenty six because there's the Scottish Cup. But there is there is space though between the Scottish Cup and the next game week for those games, oh, yeah, isn't it's there? Ten ten days, so uh, wouldn't surprise me to see them slid in there. Yeah, I feel like that would be the most sensible option. However, this is Scottish football, so what is the most sensible sensible option is not always necessarily the correct. I mean, there's game week thirty where there's a two week break between game week thirty and game week thirty one, but then. There's the Scottish Cup quarterfinal and then the um, Celtics potential European exploits. So, like, yeah. Depends how far, like, the teams that got postponed get in the Cups. Based on the, like, current precedent, like, if you think about the Ross County games, the St. Johnson games prior, they were all rescheduled pretty quickly. Um, moved by only into the next game week or a couple of game weeks following. I would not be surprised to see it be sooner rather than later, I guess. so. Yeah, I mean, well, you could argue that if it's scheduled sooner and if it gets cancelled, they can then reschedule it to a later date, whereas if you reschedule it to a later date and you then can't play on it, you're kind of screwed. Yeah, less, less, less we're going. So, so what this podcast agrees then, that probably either game week 26 or game week 27. Yeah, probably about then. I mean, in that case, does it make for any interesting doubles? Uh, St. Mirren would play, is it St. Johnson and Dundee in that double game week? That's quite inviting, actually. Because they would then be on a run of St. Johnson and uh, Dundee in a double, followed by a Livingston fixture. Uh, Dundee, who do they play that week? Uh, Hearts, not not as interested. Aberdeen plays Celtic and St. Johnson and then St. Johnston. Uh, Why not go for game week twenty seven because the there's no cup tie between the two. I feel like you might do be better with the mid a midweek game, week twenty seven to twenty eight. Yeah, that's a possible. I mean, they're both good possibilities. I just think sooner rather than later will be the SPFL's policy here. Yeah, very true. So I think that's general topic number one covered. Ah, there's probably three. I said two. There's probably three. Um, the next one is the transfer of Hedges. It was announced, what, today that he'll be departing from the club for uh, Blackburn Rovers. Um, we couldn't decide whether or not he'd signed a pre-contract on the podcast last game week. Um, but I guess that doesn't matter now, seeing as he's off this window. Um, Thomas, you own 
Ryan Hedges, who do you like as his replacement? Uh, I think he is going to be the player that I transfer to a bad <coughs> with. Yep. Yep. I don't see why I wouldn't do that, apart from the fact that it's approaching an old firm, but I don't feel that there's many midfielders that are as good as Abada, especially in his price bracket. Well, he's the fourth best def- uh, defender, fourth best midfielder, and he's only worth 4.4 million. Fine. Um, first of all, he has the old firm fixture coming up, and currently 28.1% of those playing own him, so let's assume that the current number of players playing increases uh, his ownership by a good what five to ten percent meaning a lot of people listening to this podcast will already own him who do you like outside of Lee Alabada and I'm also going to score Regan Charles Cook off the list for the same reason um, I, I mean, mean I guess a caveat is something worth mentioning is a lot of people will have a good amount of money in their banks currently um, so you can almost look in any direction I would argue if you could afford him, get Joe Rebo in. But there is someone who I have just looked at and I am very surprised to see that they are the fifth best midfielder in the game. Yeah. Glenn Kamara at only 5.4 million has collected 96 points this season. Uh, Yeah, he's just a very consistent point scorer with lots of fours and fives and sixes and sevens and every so often pops up with an attacking return. The only issue with him there, though, I guess, is you're never going to give him the armband. And when you're looking at that 5.5 million pound bracket, you're kind of wanting a captaincy option, or at least in less favourable game weeks. Would you? Because the only person that is captainable at those price ranges are Charles Cook and Liel Abada. I mean, you're you're talking about Glenn Kamara, who's a good one point, what... 1 million to 1.1 million more expensive. Yeah, okay, but then outside of that, who do you captain? I mean, never Glenn Kamara because there's no upside there. Yes, okay, but what I'm saying is if you're not ca- captaining Abada, Aribo, Charles or Charles Cook, I mean, Aribo's far too expensive, but 5.5 million and below outside of Abada and Charles Cook, who are you going to captain? When fit, I mean, it's when fit though. Okay, when fit. Turnbull, you would captain Kyogo Furuhashi. 5.9 million, 6.3 million. My point is, is like, yeah, sure, you're having to replace Hedges, but I've got no doubt the vast majority of people listening to this have a lot of money in the bank where they don't necessarily have to go like for like. They can upgrade by a good one, 1.5, 2 million pounds. Okay, and the problem with Turnbull and Furuhashi currently is that they're both currently out injured. Don't you think Glenn Kamara is a waste of an old firm space though? We're already, we already think that the be- it, it, it's a very strong option to be doubled up in defence. If not, you would have Tav and Aribo, or Diallo and Morelos up front. Well, I mean, Diallo, someone who uh, isn't on this is probably a better option, yes. However, I'm arguing the point that if you can't afford players like Aribo or Jota, True, but there are. I don't think there are any oh, of no. those considering what's going on, considering the climate at the moment, the number of players out injured and away on international duty. I don't think that's I would agree. something we'd have to worry about too much. I think, Glenn, like, yeah, don't get me wrong, I, I completely agree with you. Glenn Kamara being up in, is it fifth for points or fourth point for points fifth. scored is very, very surprising. Um, but you're not necessarily going to want him to take on one of your old, or one of your uh, Rangers roles. No, I think if you're wanting a Rangers player at that price bracket, I like completely forgot about it, it would be Diallo. Yeah, Diallo, and then probably Aribo as well. Yep. Um, anyone else? I think, I, I, yeah, maybe Tom Rogic when he comes back. But again, I'm not looking to bring any of these players in before the old firm either. Could you argue for holding on to him for a game week to make a transfer post post old firm? Nah, I feel there's going to be goals in this old farm. Okay, fair enough. I guess that leads us on to our next point, our next sort of discussion. What is the strategy when it comes to old farm players, seeing as most will be holding from anywhere between four and six? Nothing is my best advice. Like, Don't bother transferring them out because they're your best players and next game week you're just going to transfer them back in and you'll sort of waste it to two transfers. 
do you play them then? And what what assets would you consider starting uh, in th- your fantasy football Scotland team? I think Celtic just look too good going forward to not include their midfield slash forward options. Okay. Um, and then you've also just got to always start Tavernier. Fair enough. I think you and I are very differing on opinions on what you think the result of this old farm is going to be. You think there's going to be goals. I think not. I think it's going to be a very cagey game considering how close the two are with regards to the points. I think, sure, Rangers haven't been great on the road recently, but it's an old farm, so it's a bit different. Uh, Celtic are missing a lot of that. They've been going playing well going forward, but they've been they're missing still a number of their key players at attack. I think this will be a game for defenders. My plan currently is to bench, uh, bench Yota, bench Bassey, and play Tav and uh, Jovanovic. Bold, because then if there's a goal each, you've kind of cancelled out. All of your returns. Let's not forget how close the old first old firm of the season was. It was 2 1. Wasn't it 2 1? No, it was 1 0. Was it 1 0? Yeah. Yeah, but then I still feel at that point it was under Stephen Gerrard and Ange Postacoglu had just come in. Yeah. Rangers were maybe not quite as slow as they were when Gerrard left, but they were slowing down and Celtic still had a. And Odson Eduard, who, if you want to believe he wanted to be there or not, that's your choice, but had a stinker of a game. And then Kyogo Furuhashi had two or three big chances. Yes. Fine. Perfect. But you've mentioned Kyogo Furuhashi, not available for this game. Deza Mieda, not available for this game. Tom Rogic, not available. Um, Alfredo Morelos, not available. Uh, and then you've got, what is it? Itten or Roof starting up front for Rangers and then um, Giacomac is starting up front for Celtic. I don't see this having games, uh, games, this game having goals all over it. It's going to be a tight old firm. Mm. You disagree? I disagree. Uh, I guess we'll see. My plan, yeah, is to start my defenders and rest my attackers and yours is the inverse, is it? Yeah, pretty much. Fair enough. Will you be giving any of them... The captain's armband. I'm tempted to be honest, but I'm not sure who to. Really? Yeah, I'm unsure if I want to captain to have or not. Because I feel if there is goals, there is it's going to be. Tav's going to be involved, and it's an old firm, so there's almost always a penalty involved, and yeah. he's one of the pen- two, one of the two. Penalty takers. I'm in obviously mind frame with Juranovic. Uh, um, uh, uh, I think for the same reason, I think it's going to be tight. I think maybe Celtic edge it, or it's at least a nil-nil draw. Um, and then also there's the fact, as you said, he's on penalties as well. I like him. Um, but I think this might be the, you know, we'll segue here quite nicely. This is uh, the toughest week for captaincy the season so far because usually you would defer to Hearts and Hibs assets um, for vice captaincy um, but they play each other and I think that's also going to be a tight affair yeah I've, no I think Hart, I think Hearts will win that so you would be quite comfortable giving an armband to a Boyce or a Gordon per se yeah I feel that um, Hearts have been very good I mean, I can. They're playing away though, Thomas, and we all know that Hearts are far poorer on the road compared to at home. Very true, but the problem with that is Hibs are also just diabolical. <laughs> they are so bad going forward, at least. Yeah, they'd be very poor. So I mean, you're left with what Ross County taking on Aberdeen at home could be considered a good enough fixture. I mean, Aberdeen's away form is very, very poor, and Ross County's home fix home fixtures home form. I am pretty sure is very good. Yeah, no, I mean they're... they've just taken a point off of Rangers, so uh, Ross County's home form is not too bad. Uh, it's not exactly stellar either. Thirteen points from a possible thirty-three. Um, that's just a headache for captaincy this week. I think. I think. I guess if you're looking for a punt, this is the week to go. You know, to go for something completely off the wall. My plan is to probably captain an old firm defender and vice captain Regan Charles Cook. Yeah, I think that's probably the sensible option. I think uh, 
surprisingly enough, at this point in the season, uh, Saint, uh, sorry, uh, Ross County have an outside chance of catching Aberdeen. I mean, currently Aberdeen have a game in hand over them, but there's only five points difference, which would be cut to to two if Ross County to win. I I, I like Ross County in that fixture. Yeah, and yeah, Aberdeen have picked up what is it? Eight points away from home. Yeah. So I feel that Reagan Charles Cook probably isn't a bad captain to shout, or vice captain to shout even. Okay, so we we've talked about captaincy um, with regards to game week twenty four for transfers. You're saying on from a perspective of your old firm, don't do anything with your old firm assets. At worst, put them on the bench. Are there any teams you would like to target for transfers uh, heading into game week twenty four? I am very tempted by either Sims or Boyce. A heart striker. Because I've got the form tables up here, and Hearts are the third best away team in the league. Really? Yep, and they've got 15 points out of a possible 30. So do you think this is all just media propaganda then? I, I, They are nowhere near as good as they are at home, but I still think they're not as bad as people. I, I, when people say Hearts are diabolical away from home, I would have been... I've got the, uh, away table up here. I would have been looking down towards the bottom end. They're not. They are. They're not just behind the old firm, but they are next best with Livingston. They have scored only eleven goals, though. Um, would be interesting to see who they've played away from home. Though is my only caveat to the home and away table. Yeah, I mean they played Celtic once and Rangers once. They will have played every team more or less. True. True, true, true. Um, I like that transfer, a Hearts transfer, purely because you're preparing yourself for um, their fixture run starting in game week 26. It's a good way of organising yourself, but I don't think there's going to be too much upside from Hearts attackers who play away against Hibs and Rangers in the next two game weeks. Um, Team I'm thinking of targeting is, yeah, as I mentioned already, Livingston. I think Livingston have a very, very... uh, kind run of fixtures looking very solid defensively by and large um so i like them uh, i also think as an outside shout uh, a saint mirren defender too motherwell at home who have a terrible expected goals on the road i think it's one of the lowest in the league if not the lowest i'm going to quickly double check myself here now um expected goals sort most to least Oh no, I take that back. Motherwell are one of the best, um, but they're not great. 1.02, um, which is only 1.5 difference from Aberdeen in 7th, so it's all quite tight. It could be a good transfer followed by a very blunt Hibs um, away from home, then St. Johnson Lewison. An argument could be made for rolling a transfer, in all honesty. Yeah, just sort of See what happens this week due to the close nature or perceptively close nature of these games. What are your specific plans with your team? Before we go on to questions, our remaining questions, what are your specific plans with your team? I think Obelai is going to be coming in. Yep. Um, yeah, I think he's almost a set. I th- in his last what five games, he's got 15, 10, 0, 9, 2, and 6 points. Yep, on a very good run of uh, point scoring. I like St. Jo- um I think probably if you really wanted to, you could go back to one of the earlier podcasts. I think it was after their five losses in the row at the start of the season and drag up my opinion about St. Uh, Livingston being a terrible side, not fit for the SPFL. I retract that and say, yeah, I think they're looking fairly solid now. They've got all their, their players back fit. On a good run of form, particularly defensively. Um, if we go to um, the non-penalty expected goals over the last six, um, they are fifth for XGA, and over the last four, they're sixth. Um, so, you know, very good at stifling teams, um, particularly away from home, which is interesting. They are they're fifth, comparable to that of Aberdeen and Hibs. Yep. That's my plan for transfer as well. Probably Freeman will be sacrificed for AO Obelai and then captaincy on Juranovic or Tavernier and then vice captaincy on Regan Charles Cook. 
Yeah, don't think there's much wrong with that, to be honest. Who's who are you sacrificing for Obelai? Is it Freeman as well? Yeah. Freeman as well. Fair, fair enough. Right then, we have a couple of questions to answer before we head off. So we've already taken one from um half uh, sorry from uh Josh underscore footblog with regards to the rescheduling of the fixture postponement. Um what about uh yeah at Matty McVeigh asks uh who is the best Bentrix player or should we be sticking with the fourteen players um not counting the second non playing keeper here? What's your opinion? Again, if you've got enough players to have a non playing player have him. Um with regards to which ones it should be, I think that there's the only conversation you should be having is whether it should be a midfielder or a striker. Um, mine is currently a midfielder, but I'm really, I'm not enjoying the, that idea. Yeah, there's a lot of assets firing in midfield and far fewer up front. Yeah. Um, I would say though, considering the frick, the fixture crunch uh, currently ongoing and the number of players I've had not play over the past three or four game weeks, I would hold off on getting a bench trick player currently. Um, yeah. I would just have a, a, a well set up squad of 14 players who you think are going to get game time and then the event that one misses out completely, test positive for COVID, uh, is injured as a result of a number of fixtures being played, then they are your bench trick player effectively. Um, yep. So I would be quite happy not having one, I guess, is my answer to the question. Um, so I would say, yeah, stick to the 14 players. But if not, I would look for an attacker from a team that you're not likely to triple up on. So, you know, Dundee, Motherwell, um, realistically, Ross County, uh, maybe Dundee United now as well. well I mean, uh, you have the McLeod person in from Motherwell. Yeah. Is there any other strikers from the not-so-great teams that aren't playing? He's the cheapest. He hasn't played a minute all season. Um, yeah, he's one one of very few to not have played a minute. So, yeah, I'd go argue Cody McLeod up top. Yep. Next and probably the last question, because Matty, Matty, uh, Matty McVeigh asked a follow-up question about uh, Hedges' replacements, and we've already discussed those. Um, half hour fantasy podcast uh, at fantasy have asked the best defensive assets to target at 2.7 million and under well I mean we've spoken about AOBLI yep uh, you've got Calvin Ramsey I think he's still a good shout going forward I know there's some tra- transfer speculation circling but the window is due to close in almost 24 hours so I, I, I don't think it's, he'll be away uh, 2.7 million yep uh, I would say... I mean, you've got Joe Shaughnessy. St. Mirren's form is starting to turn, I believe, due to Jim Goodwin going back to his not-five-at-the-back formation. Yep. I think a Motherwell defender as well is probably not a bad shout. They have been pretty solid um, defensively, by and large. Uh, you know... For expected goals against over the last four, they are in, uh, I think it's the top three. Like a very, very impressive run of defensive performance from Motherwell. Um, let's have a look. Yeah, no, they've been very impressive defensively recent, more recently. Um, so you could probably look at a Bevis McGabby who can play a number of positions across that back four, back four um, or a Nathan McGinley who seems to have locked down that position. I think it's at left back. I like him as well. Um, at the moment, there are options in defence, but they're coming. The best ones are coming in around that three million. You know, if we're looking at the lower prices, coming in around that sort of three million to three point five million range. Let's have a look. Got to three point five. Yeah, you start to include your your Dundee United defenders who have been playing well. Scott Tans are up at three point one million. He he's been a good option and could be a good option. Your Hearts defenders and Alex Cochrane and Craig Halkett, they are good shouts as well. Yeah. So not quite two point seven million, but close enough at two point nine. Yeah, I would agree with you. Right. I think that's it from us, Thomas. Yes. So I think there's got. It's going to be relatively quick turnarounds for yeah. the next few episodes due to the congested fixtures. So, yep. Follow us on 
Twitter at SFFantasyCom. We'll be putting the XG tables up in the wake of this episode, so stay tuned for those. Uh, and shout out the provider at XG underscore data. Uh, again, you probably already follow them if you listen to this and you use Twitter. If not, you definitely should be. I I would agree. Um, and yeah, good luck with what could potentially be another relatively low point scoring game week. Here's to Green Arrows. Good luck, everyone.